to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome all you fine people to episode 111 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And boy, are we happy to be here today. Uh, are we? <laughs> are we <laughs> asking? <laughs> I mean, you know, I thought that maybe if I said it, it would be true. <laughs> Speak it into existence. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's another, you know, well, it, it was sunny. Slightly overcast. It's, eh? it's not, it's not sunny anymore. It's supposed to rain by like three o'clock. Sweet. Right about the time I need to drive home. Yeah. With the, with I-5 shut down. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> anyway. Um, but no, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to do a show and we'll find out later if it's good. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of a crapshoot with, with us, you know? It's crap, all right. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, so how's it going, Taylor? Eh, it's fine. Yeah? Yeah. Somebody just had a birthday. That's me. Is this guy. It's me. I had a birthday. He's he's now 48 years old. Yep. Sure enough, feel like it. No, I hit the, I hit the big 3-3. Three, three. And, uh, you know. Just it's another birthday. They kind of lose their luster the more they go on. It's true. Like I'm, I was at work and people were like, "Oh, it's your birthday weekend. What are you doing?" Like going Go, home, going to see Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah. It's like I actually didn't even tell them about that because I didn't think they'd get it. <laughs> it's like even if they knew it was a movie, they probably wouldn't understand why I was going to see it. That's true. But we brought our our ladies. Who I don't think either of them had ever seen the movie. I'm, I know Lynn hadn't. Yeah, um, they both seem to enjoy it. Yeah. Did were you just going because, like, for me, or yes. you actually like? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, I liked that movie uh, when I was a kid. It was one of my favorite movies, and uh, it's still, uh, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> it's very dated. <laughs> it's very nineties, like painfully so. Um. But you know, Christy Swanson's still hot. In that, in that, yeah. <laughs> well, in most things that she's been in. But not you don't mean like still hot now. I don't know. I haven't seen her lately. She might be a hot old hot old lady. It looked like she uh, got got some work done and it didn't go well. That's unfortunate. But no, this and Era Buffy, um, the chase with crazy crazy Charlie Sheen, um, and. Um, God, what was that other movie she was in? Oh, dude, where's my car? She looked good in that too. Nineties were good to her. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, but no, I like it. It's a fun movie. Yep. And it was an even better TV show. I wish uh, I wish Donald Sutherland would would have made some kind of reference about like his son being a vampire. <laughs> that would have been good. Synergy. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right use you of the would, word. But. You would find out that the Lost Boys and Buffy the Vampire Slayer take place in the same cinematic universe. <laughs> that would blow my mind. But then we'd have to see more Jason Patrick. Ew. Ew. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, anything else new? Uh, nope. I'm leaving for uh, for Nerlands in uh, three days. That's right. Can I have a, a, a good old time? Yep. Going down to the bayou. <laughs> You're not going to any bayous. Yeah, probably not. 
probably going to spend most of your time in the French Quarter like we did. <laughs> I don't know. Her, her friends have been like four times or something, and they gave us this huge list of places that we needed to check out. So, Are you, you don't have a car, do you? No. Yeah. We're going to rent bikes. All right. All right. Yeah, I mean, we drove around, and I mean, honestly, aside from going to other cities, like, um, I mean, we went to Baton Rouge, which was kind of like whatever. It's just, it's the capital city, and there's not anything there. Like, you could go drive through the college campus, and that's pretty much it. Cool. Yeah. We went to the Capitol building, which was like a really out of place skyscraper. <laughs> it was just this huge fucking tower building with like this art deco theme it looked like it belonged in new york um and then you know we went to another a couple other outlying towns to, like go to plantation houses and stuff but aside from new orleans itself i mean outside the french quarter there's it's just a basic city yeah so uh i mean there's stuff you can do but you have to go places i mean i think most of our time will be spent drinking yeah yeah it's like i wasn't doing much drinking when we went like i was just kind of trying to chill <laughs> and uh my wife she doesn't drink much to begin with so we didn't do a lot of drinking there so I've, i feel like it could have been a different experience had we been drinking <laughs> yeah i'm gonna order a bunch of drinks to go there you go you have to definitely have to go to lafitte's blacksmith shop and get their voodoo drink but tr drink with caution <laughs> that's what you told me it's the purple drink or something yeah like I saw on this message board, people are saying, I'm pretty sure it's like Everclear and maybe Ooh. rum and some kind of opiate. <laughs> That's definitely what it feels like. Because it snuck up on me. Like I I drank it and I was probably, probably halfway through it. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm fucked up. <laughs> Did you see like a little blue person who's like. <laughs> no, but that would have been, that probably would have been my first clue. <laughs> Little little Rachel Dratch. <laughs> Is that a reference or something? 30 Rock. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, but yeah. Uh, how long are you going to be there? Uh, six days. Okay. So about as long as we were there. We were there for about a week. So that's a good, I think that's a good amount of time. Beyond that, I think you either get burned out or just run out of things to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, have fun. I'm sure I will. Bring me back something. Okay. I don't know what. I might have you give me another one of these. Because I should have a backup for when this one inevitably breaks. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, you can. Uh, well, this is a fun conversation. <laughs> I'm just feeling out of it today. Like, my stomach's bothering me. And it's just it's a weird day for me. Anyway, nobody cares. Tony's got the meeps, the bleeps, and the creeps. <laughs> and the sweeps. <laughs> uh, so you want to just um, thank our Patreon patrons? <laughs> Every month, uh, a select few of amazing people like to give us uh, dollars. Dollars for donuts. Yep. Time to make the donuts. Um, give us the dollars. And uh, we, we, in turn, give them the best... Show that we can muster. That money can buy. <laughs> uh, but those very awesome people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. 
So thank you very much, people. We appreciate every every cent you give us, and it helps out a lot. Taylor, if more people would like to uh, help out, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Uh, your money goes straight back into the show for any repairs or new equipment that we might need. Uh, and plus, you get uh, extra bonus material, like monthly video reviews that you Boner get to material. choose. Boner material. For $100, I'm going to do something stupid that Tony's going to tell you in a minute. <laughs> Oh, I didn't think ahead. I don't know. Um, you can also get discounts on Great Plot Podcast merchandise like this fine shirt here. Hey, look at that. And uh, yeah, just other sweet stuff. Every once in a while, we'll do giveaways or whatever. And uh, it's it's all for you, Damien. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Taylor, I don't know. Maybe he'll get his nipples pierced. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Maybe. I'll, t- I'll work on it. <laughs> cool. So, on hey, to the show. Hey, hey! remember that, that uh, Tales from the Crypt reboot they wanted to do? <laughs> I'm trying not to. <laughs> Did you hear who John Kassir wanted to be as the Crypt Keeper? No. Steve Buscemi. What? <laughs> but why? I really need someone, somebody out there that has technical skills, please make some kind of, like, with the Crypt Keeper puppet talking to Steve Buscemi's voice. I need that. <laughs> I need the script keeper being like, hello, fellow children. <laughs> what I don't understand is why wouldn't he just do it himself? I, I don't know. I mean, does he need to be replaced? Maybe he wants Steve Buscemi to be the crypt keeper, not the puppet. <laughs> I, are they, are they talking about bringing it back again? I like, don't think so. I think this was, he was just doing an interview and they were talking to him about it. Oh, kind of like how, uh, um, what's his face? Um, Robert England talking about the next Freddy, Freddy Krueger, oh, even yeah. though there probably never will be one. Yeah. And I like how Mosley is like, yeah, I want to do it. And it's like, you're older than Robert England. Knock it off. <laughs> I just, I mean, you don't need a guy that looks all that creepy to play him. I mean, it, the makeup does that work. Exactly. But, you know, yeah, people talking about like Kevin Bacon and, and, um, yeah, Mosley and Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, the main thing is you need somebody who can be like a wise ass, but also be sinister. Sean Whalen. <laughs> would anybody take that seriously? I would. <laughs> Actually, probably not. I'd probably laugh at it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you 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 want them to be at least a little scared. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, if they're going to reboot anything, it needs to be Kassir. Otherwise, just don't even bother. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, someone uh, out there, please make that video. <laughs> cool. Well, um, do you want to just do some horror business? Yeah, let's do horror business. All right. All right, starting out with some real-world horror. Uh, so, I mean, this has happened several times before, and uh, I guess it continues to happen. People still think it's funny. <laughs> but somebody uh, hacked into a... Oh, wait, sorry. Mul- multiple things happened. Oh, okay. So I only knew about the second story, I guess. Uh, first story, 
uh, in Lake Worth, Florida. You don't say. Everything happens in Florida. I feel like I could just like make an entire episode of Real World Horror from Florida. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, in Lake Worth, Florida, uh, which is... And this story amazingly does not involve Flocka. Right, for once. Or necessarily a white man. <laughs> um, so Lake Worth is a town that's uh, semi-close to Palm Beach, just for a reference. Uh, the city sent out a cell phone alert warning of a power outage and a zombie attack. Now you can imagine the confusion of the townspeople, especially because it was received at 1.41 in the morning. Yeah, and especially with the contents of it. Yeah, uh, the message said, uh, zombie alert for Lake Worth and Terminus. The Terminus is in Georgia. <laughs> nowhere near Florida. <laughs> well, I mean near Florida, but nowhere near uh, Lake Worth. Right. And it's also, you know, fictional. Uh, the message said there are now far less than 7,380 customers involved due, due to extreme zombie activity. The notice added. They did. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're no longer with us. They're on the other side of the battle. Uh, so that's a shock. I mean, I imagine that early in the morning, you're probably reading it and be like, what the fuck? Before it settles in, it's just like, what the fuck, man? I mean, the Terminus thing would, would tip me off. And I, I would probably think it's funny. But I could see other people just being like, what? I would think it was funny in the afternoon. I mean, like not like laugh out loud funny, but just kind of get a chuckle. Yeah. But if it was that early in the morning while I'm trying to sleep, I might be a little <laughs> upset. Am I dreaming? Because, <laughs> you know. Is this those, real? <laughs> those alerts, those are fucking loud. Oh, yeah, they are. So, I mean, I'd be really pissed off. Um, now, so this is just the city, right? There's the city, like, yeah, I government. Think, I think the city runs the, they, they control the power or whatever. And the women. <laughs> First you get the power, then you get the money, then you get the women. <laughs> uh, well, that's fun. Um Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, mean, meanwhile in York, Pennsylvania, um, this is what just continues to happen. And it's like just dumb kids thinking the same joke is funny over and over. But somebody broke into a traffic sign and changed the message to zombies ahead, run. And then people drove past it and are like. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there was another one. Uh but it, it was like, so-and-so sucks dick. <laughs> See, that's funny. <laughs> so the article I read, the guy was like, yeah, the zombie one was funny, but I had my kid in my car. She didn't need to read that other one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this took uh, place uh, along East Market Street in Springettsbury Township. Um, this, uh, oh, the, the Springettsbury police said uh, in a Facebook... Is Shrewsbury? What? Shrewsbury police? Shrewsbury. It's, uh, Super Troopers. Spurberry. What's Shrewsbury? Shrewsbury is a thing. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. You're just saying things. Oh, Shrewsbury's where, where Mike Birbiglia is from. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, uh, the police sent out a Facebook message that said, uh, or a Facebook post or whatever, uh, said, we hope there was not a public alarm today as there were no reports of zombies anywhere in Springsbury Township. 
That's what they said before. <laughs> you know, this could all just be a massive cover-up. Exactly. Maybe this uh, this patron saint of Springettsbury was trying to warn everyone. Clearly, it's spread from Florida to Pennsylvania. Right. Which is really far. <laughs> That's the entire eastern seaboard. Man. Maybe it is Flocka. <laughs> Maybe. Because people will be acting like zombies on Flocka. It's true. Crazy. Flockada. Uh, neat. So basically zombies are real and they've, they've pretty much wiped out the Eastern seaboard and they're probably heading this way next. And I mean, whatevs. <laughs> It'll take them a while. Yeah. They're slow. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's move along. Sorry, East coast. <laughs> So speaking of zombies and Georgia and Terminus and the apocalypse, uh, it appears that Andrew Lincoln is not long for the Walking Dead world. According to Collider, Rick, the actor who plays Rick Grimes, uh, who has been with the Walking Dead since the beginning, is going to be leaving after season nine, which is this upcoming season. We knew this was coming. I mean, I it's it's been longer than I expected, honestly. Yeah, I mean... He, it's not like he has a f- booming film career like a lot of other stars have gained. Yeah. Um, but even still, it's like you just get tired of doing the same thing for so long. And it really has just been the same thing over <laughs> and over. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Clyder said that he's also only supposed to be in half a dozen episodes of this season, which is crazy because he's like Rick Grimes. He's been the centerpiece of every episode this past season and every episode has just been 28 minutes of him saying, we're going to go get them guys. Yeah. He's just constantly rallying the troops, but then they never actually do anything. Yeah. So many people are like, oh, I hate this season because of Negan. I'm like, do you, or do you hate this season because of Rick? Yeah. Negan's Negan hasn't really done anything. Yeah. I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is really going out there every week and just giving it his all. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like the people running the show don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to use Negan. Yeah, that's true. Which is weird because they have source material. Just like, just do what's in the book. Right? Uh, according to Collider, to fill the void in the show's leading man status, uh, AMC has offered upwards of $20 million per season to one Norman Reedus. That's too much. To and take f- over the leading man role with uh, his character, Daryl Dixon. And I feel like people are getting tired of Daryl, too. I am. Which is weird because you were so team Daryl for so long. Dude, when Daryl first came on, he was fucking badass. But then the whole, like, if Daryl dies, we riot thing started. And it just totally burned me out on the character. Fair enough. Because it was all pubescent girls, mostly. Yeah. That'll happen. Just being like, oh my god, Norman Reedus, he's so sweaty. I don't know why that's a thing, but look at him. He's gross. That was a thing? I don't know. Oh. Okay. I don't know why they found him. Could have been. He looks gross. He looks greasy. Everyone on the show does. Exactly. There's, like even uh what's her face? Um Lauren Cohen. Maggie. Yeah. She is like a good looking lady, but she looks fucking gross on the she walking looks dead. Haggard. Especially because she cut off all her hair. That's that's not good. I'm okay with it. 
She looks uh, like a mom. She's a mom. <laughs> she had a baby, remember? Did she have a baby? On the show. Oh, I didn't watch like pretty much the entire second half of the season. She had a baby like three seasons ago. Lauren Cohen? Or Maggie? Yeah, she was pregnant when Glenn died. Yeah, but she hadn't had the baby. Would you think she was just going to stay pregnant forever? It kind of seemed that way. It's, <laughs> it's, she was like Joe's wife on Family Guy. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of Maggie, she's also expected to be leaving the show at the end of next season. She's also only expected to be in half a dozen episodes this season. Uh, she has a new show called Whiskey Cavalier, which sounds delicious. <laughs> sure. I have no idea what it is. Me neither. But where I'm to just, find it I'm or gonna, what it's about. I'm going to go to King's Hardware. And I'm going to be like, hey, let me get a Whiskey Cavalier. Just see what they come and up I, with. Yeah. <laughs> I did that in New York. Went to that place that uh, Sanjaya was the bartender at. And <laughs> I was like, hey, let me get a Magner's Bomb. And he goes like, okay. I don't know, what's, I don't know what this is going to be. <laughs> we just, did you just make something up? Or? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what the hell's a Magner? Magner's a cider. Ah. Okay. Yeah, and so he gave me like some kind of, it was a, a Magner's and then there was a shot that you dropped into it. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's probably what I would expect. But I have no idea if it's a real thing or if he just made it up on the spot. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I posted yeah. this in our uh, our new Facebook group, by the way. Go join our new Facebook group, The Graveyard. Go now. Go now. 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 Go. Go. Um, and you know, most people seem to seemed okay with it. They're like, yeah, whatever. The show's kind of run its course in its current form and it need it needs something to, to spice it up. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, you know, the end of Rick and the, the show always touted this mantra of no one is safe. And so if that's, if that's the way it's going to be, then that's the way it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, I can't envision Rick just walking away off into the <laughs> you sunset, know you know, fuck it. Yeah. You guys like are on your own. People, people elsewhere need me. <laughs> Just he walks off. Daryl, uh, Daryl's your god now. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, he has to die. But Rick is the only one in the comic that's still like the original character that's still alive. Yeah. Um. At least as far as I know. Well, maybe maybe Carl's still alive. I don't know. Carl's dead on the show. That's all I care about. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I hope they make him lose his hand right before he dies. That'd be good. That'd be funny. Because <laughs> everybody wants him to lose his hand. <laughs> I want him to lose his hand. Uh, yeah. Um, and like, if, if for whatever reason people haven't heard this story yet, it would be like, oh, he lost his hand. It's like, it would be like in the comics. What the fuck? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets his hand cut off and then bleeds out. It's totally undramatic death. <laughs> Just out in the middle of a field alone. <laughs> no one even sees him die. <laughs> hey, where's Rick? He's been gone a while. Yeah, I, um, you know, I said that I feel like Rick being gone, like you said, is would give the show kind of a shot in the arm. It, it forced them to kind of shake things up and revive their storyline. Uh, make it a little more interesting because it's revolved around Rick for so long that it's become so repetitive because, you know, it's just like, okay, well, this is our new place to live and now there's a new bad guy and now we killed the bad guy, but we sacrificed our place to live. So we have to move on and find a new place to live. 
And it's just that cycle yeah. every season. Um, so I think maybe with Rick gone, that'll change, hopefully. Because, I, like I said, I didn't even watch the whole second half of the season. I don't think I even watched the last few episodes of the first half. Um, and, like, this next season, like, okay, Rick's leaving, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we've talked about before, you know, we all know what it's leading to. It's leading to the Great War. But it's, they're just dragging it out to get there. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, every episode is Rick Grimes' motivational speaker, and I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you've got a, just, like, if you're at a company that is just tanking, like, you're just losing money, hand over fist, and you've got, like, a a CEO or something, or a boss or something, it's just like, we're going to turn the ship around, guys, all we need is just a little, little more blood, sweat, and tears, you know, a little, you know, put a little more effort into it, and we're really going to make things work now, and that's basically what Rick is. Yeah, and then you go, okay, so what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, more. Yeah, just more, pick, more pick what? Yourself. More what, sir? <laughs> just harder. I feel like I'm doing a lot of things. I don't really know what <laughs> there is left to do. I feel like all the things are being done. So we got this big report and we're going to do that. Okay, when? Can I do it now? <laughs> no. We have to get ready. Okay, I'm ready. No, you're not ready. Get other people ready. <laughs> This is bullshit. <laughs> you know what? I quit. <laughs> and that's what America's done. <laughs> Just quit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I just don't care. Also, like, Daryl leading people just doesn't strike me as a thing. Yeah, he doesn't. He's always been kind of his lone, this lone, lone wolf. wolf. Yeah, and he, you know, he every once in a while he'd be like, "Hey, I need more people to come do this with me," and they're like, "Okay." That doesn't seem conducive to a large group. Yeah, because then it's just like, "Okay, we're done. I'm gonna go off and do my own thing again." Yeah, there would be episodes like back to back episodes where Daryl would not be involved, like he just wasn't in the episode. Yeah, he's gonna make twenty million dollars doing it. So. <laughs> Fuck it, take it. Take it. If they're going to give it to you, fucking take it. That's what I say. Yeah, I feel like if they're going to offer him $20 million, which who knows if they actually will. But if they're going to give him $20 million, they're going to put him in every episode. It's like, no, no, you work for us now. Yeah. Uh, it's like that other show you do. You don't do no it anymore. No more. <laughs> um, but, you know, if that's the case, then I think people are just going to get as sick of him as they are of Rick. Yeah. Like, I don't think this show needs a lead. It should be an ensemble cast. And I kind of felt like that was what the show was supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it. I haven't read the, the comics in a long time. So, you know, what I'm familiar with is it does revolve around Rick. Um, but I kind of feel like it can evolve to where Rick isn't the centerpiece. It's just about these people trying to survive in the apocalypse. But. Yeah, just they've been so stuck on Rick for so long that there's just nothing else for them to do with him. Yeah. And I, I feel like Lincoln knows that. Probably. Yeah, there hasn't been any, any indication of what he's doing next if he's got, you know, if he wants to go into movies or if he's got another show or anything like that. Maybe he just is done. Maybe he wants to do Love Actually too. 
hopefully. <laughs> so yeah, head over to our Facebook group and let us know what you guys think about this. If you're if you're for it or if you're going to be sad if Rick Grimes is dead. Or grimy, as he likes to be called. <laughs> So, James O'Barr fans around the world can rejoice once again. Hey. The Crow reboot is dead in the water. Again? Yeah. Um, it's like it's like a dead crow that has fallen onto the freeway and been hit by many cars, and now it's just a pile of mush and feathers on the side of the road. Yep. yep. And hopefully it stays there. Yep. <laughs> um, because... Jason Momoa, who was supposed to play, play Eric Draven for some reason, and Corin Hardy, who was uh, supposed to direct, have both left the project. I didn't think Corin Hardy was ever going to leave this project. Yeah, it seemed like he was... Uh, he was the last bastion. Yeah, it seemed like he was staying, like, like he felt like he owed something to the project. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, it's like how, like... You'll stay with a friend, even though like what they're doing is a bad idea, just because you feel like you owe them as their friend. <laughs> it's kind of what it felt like he was doing with the crow. Um, but uh, it sounds like creative and financial differences with Samuel Hadida, whose Davis Films holds uh, the rights uh, and was also financing the film. So that's not typically somebody you want to disagree with. Yeah, or that's kind of someone you want to have the same. From a mind, same vision, um, because ultimately they're going to win. Right, they ha- they have the money. Yeah, um, the golden rule. Yeah, but uh, production was uh, setting up and ready to start within the next five weeks or so in Budapest. Um, so uh, Sony Pictures announced last September that it had picked up the film for worldwide distribution and announced uh, an October eleventh, two thousand nineteen release date. Um, Insider said that deal hasn't been or hasn't closed. So why would they announce it if it hadn't closed? That's poor business. It is. I mean, Sony has not done anything right in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. The only thing they've done right is allow Marvel to use Spider-Man. That's the best thing they've done in probably 10 years. Yeah. Uh. I mean, with the hacking scandal and just seeing all the shit they were, all the bad shit they were working on behind the scenes, some of it they claim is actually coming to fruition. Like, was it the Men in Black and 21 Jump Street crossover or something? No, I think they've just moved on to re- rebooting Men in Black. Right. I don't know why. I don't understand. With, uh, what's his name? Thor. Hemsworth? Yeah. As who? As H, I think is his name. Oh. And then Tessa Tessa Thompson, is that her name? From Met Ragnarok? Oh, really? She's his partner. They're just going to pair them up again? Huh? Yeah. And then Liam Neeson is supposed to be in it, too. Interesting. He's the boss man. Okay. Well, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, Hadida's inability to close the deal with the Sony uh, left the studio in exit mode. And that directly precipitated the exits of the filmmaker and the star. So well, Sony's just, pulling out too. Yeah. And so, I mean, it just sounds like this all boils down to uh, Samuel Hadida. Just um, being cheap or what? 
it sounds like he's just being power hungry. Like he he wants uh, absolute control over everything. Because what you know, what I heard is that they had um, like well, I mean, said creative differences with Corn Hardy, and it's just like those are the two people that need to be in sync. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from like the director and the writer, but the director and the financier <laughs> need to be on the same page. Otherwise, shit's just gonna stall. Because so many movies, like directors, have left projects because they don't agree with the EP. Unless the financier wants to give them more money. I think the director will usually be okay in that situation. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this movie's going to cost about $30 million. Make it 50 <laughs> Okay. <laughs> or it's like, you know, uh, I think that probably the creative difference is, is that Corin Hardy didn't like how Hadida wanted the film made. That's and the financial yet. differences is that Hadida wouldn't give him more money to be on his team. <laughs> probably. <sighs> But either way, that's fine, because this movie needed to die a long time ago. Yeah, and like, uh, Hardy posted a, a picture of Momoa in the crow paint, and like, uh, read the comics, like, Eric Draven is thin as a rail, like, he's built, he's buff, he's, you know, got chiseled abs and stuff, but he's thin. He's, he's, he's toned. A, he's an emo musician. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a rock star, and like, a struggling one at that. And Jason Momoa is—he's a monster. He's a—I I don't remember his name on Game of Thrones, but he's this big. He's a real life werewolf. He, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I when I heard that they were casting him, I honestly thought it was a joke. Like that, he's, that, he's like a Samoan Joe Manganiello. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um. Yeah, just so many bad decisions, but. You know, people are rejoicing because, it, you know, people think that while the original Crow movie was not perfect, it was not true to James O'Barr's comic or graphic novel or whatever, um, it was, you know, close enough, but the movie itself was also just treasured, um, especially because it was Brandon Lee's last performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and... uh a lot of people just think it's disrespectful to try and reboot kind of his opus. Um, because, you know, there there was a lot of overacting. The script wasn't 100%. But, I mean, visually, the movie is amazing. Um, and uh, the story that it told was good. Uh, and there's no reason to remake it other than to just cash in. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and, yeah, a lot of people just thought, saw that as an insult to Brandon Lee's memory. And a lot of people are saying, you know, just because there are other crows, there have been other, you know, revenants as, as you might call them. Um, it wasn't just Eric Draven. So people are saying, make another crow movie, make another story. You know, they made cr- sequels to the crow. Yeah. Those are all different people. Three out of the, or sorry, two out of the what, five that they made were, good the rest of them are awful the ones with edward furlong well there's just one yeah that's the best one (laughs) no i mean first crow and stairway to heaven which was the second one uh those were both good but the third one i think was uh i think eric mabius was in it and then yeah edward furlong was in i think i think that was the last one so maybe they were just no that's 
I don't know. Regardless, it was only the first two that were good. But, you know, the potential is there to make a good movie. Yeah. And they just won't. <laughs> no, because it's Hollywood. They got to reboot everything. Reboot and remake and retool and rejaculate. <laughs> Repeat. Yep. That's the cycle. Anyway. So let's hope that this just stays dead and they don't keep trying to bring it back. If I was James O'Barr, I'd be like trying to get just the rights back. Yeah. Like, all right, you guys are just fucking up. Yeah, you don't deserve these anymore. Yeah. Give them back to me. All right, so we all know that Ash vs. Evil Dead is gone, will not continue, and that Bruce Campbell womp, womp. has stated that he is done as Ash. How do you feel about that? Eh. Torn. Yeah, me too. Like, I, you know, I would love more Ash, but at the same time, if they want to expand on the Evil Dead universe, at some point, Ash is going to have to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bruce Campbell is not... He's no spring chicken. I mean, he's got to be pushing sixty. Yeah. Um, if he, I mean, if he's not already, I don't, I don't know how old he is, but I want to say he is at least sixty. Unless he's like sixty-one. So it's like he can't do this forever. Exactly. <laughs> he said he's done being Elvis too. So, but that was never happening. The Bubba was it Bubba Nosferatu? Nosferatu, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, they they apparently want to still continue with the Evil Dead universe. So, uh, as of May 4th, Fide Alvarez, who directed the reboot, I guess you would call it, of Evil Dead, posted a tweet saying, what should I do next? Evil Dead 2, Don't Breathe 2, or Stop Making Movies? And Evil Dead 2 got a whopping 70% of the votes. For those of you uh, joining us from home, that is the majority of the votes. Yes. Stop Making Movies got 10%. <laughs> um, but... That's pretty much the end of what we've heard of his involvement. Right. Um, we'll get into this in, in a minute, but it sounds like the old school crew is planning on going off and doing their own thing. I'll believe that when I see it. Well, yeah. Because Sam Raimi's full of shit. Well, yes. <laughs> like most of the time. Uh, on May 21st, Bruce Campbell was asked if he would give his blessing to future Evil Dead movies without Ash. And he said, not that they need it, but of course, there's lots of unexplored stories and crossovers in the Evil Dead universe. Not sure what he means by crossovers, unless he's talking about Jason. That would be awesome. <laughs> I want that to happen. I still want that. I still want Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash. Yeah. That would be sweet. But, but fucking Raimi just screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah. Uh, that same day, producer Rob Tappert... Uh, was at Motor City Comic Con, and he said, we had a really great idea for where it was going to go in the future, it being Ash vs. Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was something Sam had been talking about, rebooting a movie. <sighs> no. <laughs> you did that already. <laughs> why? Um, why? Why, 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 why? Yeah. Uh, Sam and myself have been talking about what a new incarnation would be. Mia. Yeah, there's, it's already there. You made it. It needs to be Mia. Mia is the new incarnation. Uh, four days later, on May 25th, Bruce again 
posted a tweet. Uh, this time he was asked about playing Ash in Evil Dead video games and if he would be willing to continue that. And he said, I can't talk particulars yet, but I think fans will dig the upcoming incarnations. Now, this is a vague tweet because does he mean vague incarnations of Ash in new video games? Like if you have to if you look at the context of what he's replying to. Yeah. So is he talking about new video games with Ash or is he talking about new incarnations of Evil Dead? Yeah. And, you know, this the video games could fall into the same um, canon. Well, sure, but I'm, I'm saying, like, as far as him talking about, there are, like you said, lots of unexplored stories and crossovers in the Evil, Evil Dead universe. That could apply to video games, too. True. Evil Dead video games don't have to be about Ash. Yeah. All you need need are um, the Necronomicon and Deadites. Yeah. That, that's really all you need for an Evil Dead movie. It's true. Ash was just kind of the cherry on top, you know? Remember the video game with the little guy? There's a little, like elf guy or whatever that would follow you around and you had to like kick him at people no i want to say it was fistful of boomstick oh this is an evil dead game yeah oh uh pfft. no i mean I, I don't i think the only game i ever played was that one you had actually no i think it might have been called reanimated i think it was called evil dead reanimated i know yeah, there was one game that everybody hated it was this one okay this, this was the one <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was a, a little guy that like followed you around and you would like kick him at people. Oh, well, that's fun. He's <laughs> just like a guy or like a demon or it's something, yeah, like a demon or a, some kind of creature, elf, <laughs> jackal. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you yeah. think about Bruce and Tappert both using the word incarnation? Think there's anything there, or is Bruce just saying it because Tappert said it? I think that they have a lot of ideas that they probably never intend to actually use. That sounds about right, yeah. Because that's historically been their fashion. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know the story of Ash versus Evil Dead, how that came about, how it actually ended up happening. Um, but for so many years, you know, Sam Raimi and, to a lesser extent, Tappert, and, and probably... So, Raimi... And Bruce were probably the worst about just blowing smoke up our asses. Oh, yeah, we heard about Evil Dead 4 for years. Yeah, or, yeah, Evil Dead 4, Army of Darkness 2, uh, you know, um, a, a remake or reboot or whatever, which we ultimately got. But, you know, Bruce and Sam were involved to an extent, but that was pretty much all Fede Alvarez and... Uh, Roto Sagayas. Yes. Um, but... Uh, up to that point, it's just like they're constantly just saying, well, you know, maybe we'll make another movie. I don't know. Maybe somewhere down the line. I don't know. And so it's just like, <laughs> you know what, guys? When I'm watching, sitting down and actually watching something, then I'll believe you. Yeah. Up to that point, I just think you're full of shit. So them talking about, you know, future incarnations and, and, and whatever, it's just like, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll... I'll I'll be more in tune with what Fide Alvarez is saying. Yeah. Because he's the one I'll bank on to actually pursue this. I'm wondering, because I, 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 allegedly the Fide Alvarez's Evil Dead takes place in the same universe as Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. Right. So at some point, there's got to be some kind of t connecting line there. One would think. I mean, there was... Uh... There was Ash popping up in a black room saying "groovy" after the credits. Yeah, like that, you can't count that, can you? Yeah, and I don't know if there, this like 
this is a rumor that I think probably everyone's heard about. I don't know if it was actually going to happen or if they'd ever actually planned for it to happen. Um, but at the end of the Evil Dead remake, Mia is supposed to be walking down the street and a truck's supposed to pull up and Ash is supposed to be the one in the driver's seat. Yeah. Now, whether or not that was real or just something that somebody on the internet made up, I don't know. But that could have been a very simple way to cross things over. Mm-hmm. But it, it's almost like they intentionally kept it separate. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. But yeah, like I said, since then they they've said that they exist in the same universe. So I don't know. It would be it would be hard to continue that Evil Dead. You know the. Fidel Alvarez Evil Dead and still say oh that takes place in the same world as Ash versus Evil Dead and the other Evil Dead movies but then have them never really have anything to do with each other right especially with you know the apocalypse happening and yeah (laughs) Ash versus Evil Dead so I don't know there's a lot of crossover that just really wouldn't make sense so if they're going to merge the storylines it they have to make it very tenuous otherwise it just there's no way to, to merge the stories and have it be good. Like, I mean, they could have done it in Ash vs. Evil Dead. Like, when he went back to the cabin, there could have been something there. Because it's the same cabin, right? I don't know. I don't know if it was supposed to be the same cabin or not. But that's the thing. It's oh, like, shit, the car! The fucking car's in both of them. Yeah, the Delta was there, but, you know, the Delta also got sucked into the to the void. That's true. In Evil Dead 2, so... So where's the timeline? Yeah, I think I I don't think that it was supposed to cross over. Yeah, I don't either. I think they made a lot they made a lot of choices in that movie. I think the the thing with Bruce at the end was lip service to fans. Yeah. And then I think they either had an idea of crossing them over or they just started talking out of their asses. Right. Well, so who the fuck knows? Yeah, I mean, I That's the bottom line. <laughs> I'd love to see another Evil Dead movie with uh Alvarez at the helm. It doesn't even have to be about Mia. I think I think Evil Dead could be several different incarnations. It doesn't have to be about the same person. It could be like an anthology thing that just all centers around the Necronomicon. Sure. I mean, why not? Yeah. I'm with you. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, as of now, uh, nothing. Yeah. I don't want to face the killer. So a while back, we started uh, talking about a uh, lock and key series that was coming. Locky. Somewhere. Locky and key. Right. Uh, But uh, lock and key is a um, uh, uh, comic series from Joe Hill, or graphic novel, I guess, um, based on the the lock siblings. that uh oh, fuck okay uh, yeah so the lock siblings um he uh they move into last uh paragraph. Sorry? last paragraph there's okay okay well i was yeah kind of referencing that yeah uh their father had been murdered and they moved into an ancestral home in maine with their mother um maine huh <laughs> go figure um 
only find the house has magical keys that give them a vast array of powers and abilities. Little do they know, a devious demon also wants the keys and will stop at nothing to attain them. Um, so that little demon, he's oh. so devious. He's so demon-like, De- demonious, Demo- demonic, demonious. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so God, was it? Feels like almost almost a year ago. We were it's been about. we've been talking about this a long time. Yeah, um, but you know they're talking about making it a series, uh, and I don't think it was ever attached to. Oh, Hulu. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so they were going to make a Hulu series, uh, and then Hulu just dropped it. I believe they sh- or no, Hulu picked up the pilot. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so everything seemed like it was all copacetic and things were moving forward, but then suddenly the project dropped and uh, just kind of floated out there. Um, so Hulu uh, passed on the project in March um, and just kind of floated out there in the ether ever since then. But uh, now Deadline is saying that Netflix uh, has licensed the IP. Now, it hasn't picked up the pilot that they were working on and all the... Uh, the existing legwork that Hulu had done, they just literally bought the property of Lock and Key, and now it's likely they're going to make their own series. Um, but staying on are the three kids playing the Lock siblings. Um, nope, just one. Oh, you're right. Sorry, misread. Um, Okay, so yeah, they're recasting two of the three Locke children. The only ones staying on are uh, this, uh, let's see, the It co-star Jackson Robert Scott. Georgie. Uh, right. Um, the Hulu pilot also had Nate Cordry, Samantha Mathis, Owen Teague, and Danny Glover. Is, is Nate Cordry related to Rob Cordry? Uh, we can say that he is. Okay. And let's also just say that Danny Glover is related to Donald Glover. I know they're not. but Or it could just be Danny Glover. I mean, yeah. Too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy guy from Saw. That's why he's not in it anymore. It's because he's too old for this shit. Well, actually, he might be. The only thing they've said is that they're recasting two of the children. There hasn't been any word on if any of the adults are staying on. Yeah. Um, the thing about this was uh, uh, IT director Andy Muschietti um, was... uh see... Oh, okay. So he was going to direct or, uh, the pilot, the pilot for the Hulu uh, series, which explains why Jackson Roberts got no Antigua in it, right? Um, but now that he's busy working on the It Two or the <laughs> the uh, It Two, the, that's what it's you know, called, the, the It Two. Uh, <laughs> but now oh, that no, he, it's the It. Now that he's working on It Chapter Two, uh, he's not going to be available to direct this Netflix series. Not that they necessarily were going to uh, pursue him. Um, but, uh, I guess he's still going to be, be on his EP, which just basically means that he's got money in it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So we don't really have a picture of when this will be available. I mean, they're pretty much starting from scratch and it's taken this long for Hulu to, I, I wonder why Hulu dropped it. I don't know. I mean... With, uh, you know, Stephen King and, and child-based stories being so popular right now, you would have thought they'd be all over that. You'd think. I mean, that, I, I got to imagine that's why they picked it up in the first place, but why they didn't stick with it. Maybe too expensive? Could be, but 
I mean, Hulu has been making some real plays lately to be like a genuine competitor with Netflix. True. Um, I mean, they've really upped their game with original series, um, and you know, bringing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, studio films into their fold. And um, did you catch the thing in Arrested Development where they were like? George Sr. realized that dressing as a woman wouldn't win him any awards. <laughs> yes. That's so good. <laughs> Man, there were a lot of like subtle things in, in the season. Mm-hmm. That Bayo joke was the so blah, blah, funny. Blah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, but uh, I almost God, I mean, they didn't mention him by name. Like, they didn't say Scott Bayo, obviously. No, they said blah, blah, blah. But I wonder if Bayo tried to make a, make a raise a stink about it. Oh, probably. We're talking about the new season of Arrested Development, guys. It's on Netflix. I highly suggest you check check it out. It was a little slow to get started. I was not impressed. Really? Yeah. See, the first few episodes, I was kind of just like, mm, eh. But by like episode four or five, like I was starting to get it. Like it was really picked up. And I thought it was really funny. Because <laughs> I feel like that's when they kind of got their footing. They got into Arrested Development mode yeah. again. So I don't know. But to each their own. You're just stupid. <laughs> you just don't get it. <laughs> I didn't think it was bad. It just didn't. It wasn't up to my expectations. I I would suggest that in maybe a couple months you watch it again. Yeah, I could see that. Because um, I was the same way with uh, season four. Mm. Like I watched that, and you know, I think a lot of people were turned off by the this is the Arrested Development po- podcast. We should do an Arrested Development podcast. That'd be awesome. Um, but I think you know a lot of people were put off by the way they did season four, where it was not um, chronological. Yeah, um, and I was one of them. But it's like you know I watched it the first time. It's like okay, well you know it's, it's nice to have rest development back. But I wasn't that crazy about it. But then when I go back and watch it again, like almost a year later, it's like okay, this I get it now. This is this is just as funny as any of the other seasons. It's just like I had to be. I don't know, maybe in the right frame of mind. Hmm. But anyway, lock and key. Uh, no, like I said, no uh, idea when this is going to happen. Um, but Netflix seems to really move things along. They don't drag their feet on their productions, I've noticed. From what I've read, this is it's going to be more kid-oriented than it was going to be on Hulu. Mm, okay. Yeah, when I first read that, I was a little turned off by it. I mean, apparently Brad Misko over at Bloody Disgusting has some kind of contact that it he believes is, is attached to one of these actors or something because they were just livid. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Like about this, the change? That, or? Yeah, that it was being recast and retooled. Mm. Well, <laughs> maybe they should throw their own money down. Then they can have a, something to say about it. <clears throat> um. Anyway, yeah, it's like uh, I have I started reading the series. I haven't gotten through much of it. Um, I bought the first two books, and I, I haven't gotten through them. But I'm trying to kind of familiarize myself with the actual story. Um, I mean, it's not super adult. There's a lot, you know. There's like I mean, some, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. If your main character is a, a trio of of kids, it's <laughs> they reach. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's usually not super adult oriented, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not kiddie stuff. I mean, that's for sure, but it's not like super dark 
and you know violent or evil stuff you know it's yeah. just it's a bit i mean the demon is described as devious yeah <laughs> but he's just a little troublemaker <laughs> uh but, i mean you know you think of things like um well, stranger things just take stranger things i mean it's it's dark but it's not like grim yeah like, it's not some really fucked up shit that you don't you'd ex- that you wouldn't expect to see in a movie or you know in a show about kids so I would probably expect Except for when Bob died. That was fucked up. R.I.P. Bob. One love. Um. So let's hope for the best. Um. I want justice for Bob. Where's justice for Bob? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Bob. <laughs> we did it for that. What's her name? Yeah. Even though we didn't want to. Yeah. Nobody cared about her. Except people, for all the people that did. Yeah. People just pretend to care about her. But Bob, Bob was too good for this world, I think. Bob was, he was glorious. He's, he's, he's a beautiful light. He's a beautiful soul. <laughs> In the entire season, I was just waiting for him to, for him to turn evil, like find out that he was, he worked for the, uh, the power company mm. and it never happened. I'm just like, so when he, when he died, it's just like, Bob. <laughs> when he like came into the kitchen and he was like, oh, it's a map. Yeah. He was like hidden treasure. And I'm like, it's Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> alright well um, I'm sure we'll report on this again as it develops the more we hear about it um, but uh, keep your eyes peeled guys <laughs> or don't whatever <laughs> not your real dad <laughs> So uh, here's the thing. For some reason, uh, Paramount has had some recent success with uh, turning toys into movies, specifically GI Joe. And, was that successful? Uh, it made a million dollars. That gotta be our new thing. <laughs> it should be. It made a million dollars. Uh, and something else. I don't remember what the fuck it was. Some other thing. Is it transfer? Oh, Transformers. Was that was it Paramount? Probably. I mean, it's Platinum Dunes. Who do they have a contract with? I think it is Paramount. Okay. Uh, so apparently they've now turned their attention to creepy crawlers. What? <laughs> uh, for anybody who doesn't remember, creepy crawlers was a toy in the late 80s, early 90s, I think. It was basically an easy bake oven for boys. Yeah. That made little bugs. Yeah. It was just like, you know, probably some highly toxic plastic stuff. Oh, yeah. Pl- it was called plastic goop. Right. Yeah, just this li- liquid plastic shit that you'd put into basically an easy bake oven and you'd cook it for 15 minutes and, you know, you'd inhale all those noxious fumes and uh, then you'd have a little plastic a little jelly little, bug. Yeah. That, that, that kids probably ate and got really sick. From. I'm sure. Yeah. Because they looked like gummy candies. Yeah. And it, felt like gummy candies. Yeah, and you play and tasted with... like gummy candies. What? I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so well, we're here. So but you know, they you'd, you'd bake them, 
and you know it was cool because you got to you know mix the colors. You got to pick like what you, what your what color you wanted your tarantula's legs to be. <laughs> um, and then uh, you take them out and you kind of go, uh, you like wiggle them and you stick them to a window. And you like put them on your sister. And yeah, and th- yeah, put them in your mom's hair. Yeah, and then and then they go. Ah! Yeah, and then they go in the trash. Yeah, or you lose them in the backyard or something. Dog eats them or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was, it was one pretty of those, pointless. Yeah, it was one of those toys that seemed really fucking awesome when you were a kid, but then you look back and you're just like, that was dumb. <laughs> and so they're making a movie out of this. <laughs> it's unfortunate that we lose our childlike whimsy, you know? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> this is like making a uh, Easy Bake Oven movie. Like, how do you do that? I don't know. They were going to make a uh, fucking viewfinder. Yeah. Did, did that ever actually happen? No. Magic 8-Ball, too, was supposed to be a movie. All right. Yeah, it's like when they 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 bought up the rights to um, you know Transformers and uh, GI Joe, and you know, <laughs> almost made a million dollars, and then they bought up like just weird shit like Candyland and and Ouija, and I mean they actually made a Ouija oh, yeah. movie. Um, there was talk of a live action Barbie at one point, right? Uh, just like, with with Amy Schumer. Uh, oh, right, right, right. That was dumb. Yeah. Dumb, She's dumb. Supposed to be idea. like an ugly duckling Barbie or something. It's like that's not Barbie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Barbie is probably the most vapid thing that you can make a movie about, and you probably shouldn't make a Barbie yeah, movie. No, I wouldn't. But not in today's day and yeah. age. But yeah, it's like Hasbro, especially. It was just like, here, buy my things. Yeah. <laughs> Although Saban Films did buy uh, my pet monster, and I would be here for that. My pet monster. You don't know my pet monster. Maybe not. Oh, son. You know who somebody needs to buy? Madballs. Somebody did buy Madballs. They're making Madballs again. No, no, no. Like the film rights to Madball? This guy. Oh, okay. I guess I never really knew what that was called. Jeremy Scott, who is a shoe designer, made My Pet Monster shoes. (laughs) And they had like the cuffs on them. Mm -hmm. And people went, oh, no, you can't do that. Oops. You can't make shoes with leg shackles. <laughs> and then market them to black athletes. <laughs> uh but yeah. Maybe they'll be a My Pet Monster movie. That'd be awesome. But there probably will be a creepy crawlers movie for some reason. Uh plot details are unknown because Because there probably won't they, be any. They probably don't know what they're gonna do yet. Um wait, what? See the second paragraph here? Yeah, there was a Saturday morning cartoon of the Creepy Crawlers uh, in the early 90s, I believe. Lasted two seasons. Uh, it had absolutely nothing to do with the game at all. <laughs> uh, it centered on mutant, mutant creatures called the Goop Mandos who would help kids thwart the schemes of the evil Professor Guggengrime. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did they have the same song for the, the theme song? I don't know. Creepy crawlers. I don't know. I don't remember that. <laughs> you don't remember the commercials? No. Oh, man. Uh, but this is going to be produced by Neil H. Moritz, who had some success with another kid's property called Goosebumps, mm-hmm. the sequel of which will be coming out later this year. Uh, he also produced Fast and the Furious, which made a million dollars. So... <laughs> Well, no director attached yet, and it doesn't sound like there's a script. 
You can't make a script for this. I, I, the one idea I saw that I thought might work was make it like Jumanji. Okay, sure. Where all like the bugs come to life, and you just it's just swarms of bugs. Yeah, or just like a bug factory, just making just, just churning out bugs. Right, that's the factory song. Yeah, every factory in the world plays that. Just in the plays background. that on a loop. <laughs> That's why factory workers are so miserable. <laughs> if I hear that fucking song one more time, I'm gonna jump into I'm gonna jump into this goddamn machine. It's called Power Trip. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I knew it had a name. I just, <laughs> it's one of those things where you never really wonder what I it's think called. That's what it's called. It's like Ride of the Valkyries. It's like, it's like you figure that song. That's has called a name. Daniel Bryan. It's just called Daniel Bryan theme. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> when they wrote it like a hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cool. Anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't know what this is going to be. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. It's just a thing that's happening. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, that's going to do it for horror business, guys. From here, you know what's next. You know what's coming. We're going to do some film reviews. So here we go. Right now. I feel like you're waiting for me to say something, but <laughs> we're going to do film reviews right now. All right. So two films that we need to talk about because that's what we do. That's the show. That's the show. <laughs> uh, which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Let's start with Sequence Break. I got some bad news. We're going to have to close up shop. Like forever? Yeah. I got to go up north for a couple of weeks. You're going to have to look after the shop. Take care of things. You spend enough time making other people's games beautiful. Do something for you, okay? Hey, man. Look, you can't be in here. Don't just look into the void. Let the void look in to you. I'm Tess. Oz. Oz? Really? Yeah, it's short for Osgood. Sake, Tess, I'm fine. You have a higher purpose. Break the sequence. Be the man I could never be.
I said it like that. Sequence break. Sequence sequence break. No, sequence break. It's not point break. <laughs> uh, so this is the directorial debut of one Mr. Graham Skipper, who you might recognize from uh, Beyond the Gates or uh, others. <laughs> what the fuck else has he been in? Uh, Almost Human. Yes. And um, oh, what was that? That first movie I ever saw him in. We did it on the show, I believe. Wait, that was almost, almost human. Never mind. I don't know. He's been in other stuff. You probably was that one where he looked like he was where he had psychic powers, but look, like he's going to shit his pants. Uh oh. Uh. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, I absolutely know the movie you're talking about, but I don't. It it, it was Scanners. It's the, it the sequel to Scanners. It was basically Scanners. It was basically Scanners. Uh. Fuck. Yeah, this is his story about it. This is his directorial debut. He also wrote this. And we've talked about every time we've talked about a Graham Skipper movie on the show, we always say the same thing that he overacts but somehow makes it work. Like he has this always has this big personality and you're just like, yeah, that's probably how that character is. <laughs> it's just, and it's you just buy it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. He was in Carnage Park? He was apparently. Mind the Mind's Eye, that's what it was. That's what it was. He was also in um, Bad Apples, which we also reviewed. Yes. So we've done a lot of Graham Skipper we've movies. We've done a lot of Graham Skipper movies. We're, we're fans of Graham Skippers. At least I am. I don't know what Tony thinks. I feel like he's just in a lot of bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, which isn't necessarily his fault. But so, yeah, I was a little worried that like everyone in this was going to be a little over the top. <laughs> and it just wouldn't work because, A, it's not Graham Skipper doing it. And B, it would be everyone. <laughs> right. Uh, it's like, no, no, you're not putting enough into it. Yeah. But this is, uh, it's it's about a guy named Oz. Who. That is correct. Yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> who works at a arcade um, store. He's, he works at this uh, company that sells upright arcade games. Yeah, just old uh, yeah, arcade boxes. Yeah. You know. There's cabinets. That's the word. Cabinet games. Yeah. Couldn't and he is like the the mechanic, the tech guy who repairs them and knows how they work and gets all the inner workings and what not. Right. And uh, so there's one night he's sitting there and he's fixing this machine and Jerry, his boss, is giving this girl a tour, look around saying, you know, let me know if there's anything you're interested in seeing. You're going to reach around. And she's like him. I'm interested in seeing him. <laughs> And Jerry's like, he's not for sale. <laughs> no, none of this happened. Well, kind of. I mean, except for that last part. <laughs> it's implied. But, but so then Jerry tells Oz that, that the store is going under. There's nothing we can do. Nobody's buying arcades anymore. Oh, an awkward part. Why? Just because he's like, hey, did you see that girl that I had in here earlier? Oh, yeah. And Oz is like, no. No. I was like, I can give you your number. That's weird, but no. (laughs) Yeah, like how I was like, no, that's that's super awkward. And he's like, why is it awkward? It's like, it's like you know, you didn't get her number for me. (laughs) You got her number as a potential customer. So if I use that for personal gain, that's really creepy. (laughs) That could be considered stalking. Yes, absolutely. Uh, But then, like from there, he immediately goes, "So I've got some bad news." Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, this was a change in tone. Yeah, he just does like the the Donald Trump train of thought thing. Yeah. It's just like, no stopping this train. Batter <laughs> up. <laughs> and so, yeah, he tells him, story's going under. We've got maybe a month. And he goes, I'm going to split everything with you 50-50. <laughs> Cause he says, well, yeah, I got some savings. How much you got? A couple, a couple hundred, one, one, one hundred, one hundred dollars. It's like, oh man. <laughs> so he, so then he tells him, all right, well take the rest of the day off. Go get drunk. <laughs> okay. Oz is also played by Chase Williamson, who was in um, Beyond the Gates with Graham Skipper. And he's also in uh, John Dies at the End. Oh, okay. Was he the? He wasn't the other guy in Beyond the Gates, was he? He was the brother. brother yeah. Oh, the fucked up or the the fuck up. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he goes to the bar and just starts drinking. And this girl from before Tess shows up. And do you know is this a Tomcat? Is that a real liquor? That she keeps uh, ordering. Never heard of it. She says it's gin, but it's smoky like mezcal. I'm like, that sounds gross. Yeah, I don't want that at all. And it's brown, which I don't know if I've ever seen brown gin. Sounds more like rum. Yeah, or whiskey. Sure. Uh, keep talking. I'm going to look it up. But so they, they hit it off and they they start flirting. And basically he says, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't. Tomcat gin. Oh. Huh. <laughs> it's barrel aged. So, so that, that could have something to do with it. So there's some product placement going on here. Just a bit. Yeah. I wonder if they like paid them for that. Because it's it's weird, the conversation. She's like, you ever tried Tomcat? Yeah, it's kind of like inconsequential com- to the rest of the yeah. story. And it's like a commercial. Yeah. Basically, yeah, then Oz tells her he doesn't have a phone. Which I don't know what the point of this plot device is. Just to show that he's kind of like a recluse. I guess, yeah. So he, he says, you know, I'm going to be at the store all day tomorrow. Why don't you come by and we'll have lunch. And then, meanwhile, back at the, the store, some a hobo breaks in and has a envelope with a circuit board in it that he drops off, kills Jerry for no real reason. Yeah, just he wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, he just says, you were supposed to be here, and then he just chokes him out. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, then I'll, I'll go. Just- yeah. Don't kill me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, I'll, I'll just leave. I, did, I didn't see you. It's fine. <laughs> but so the next day, uh, Oz finds this circuit board and he plugs it into some generic machine. It just has a, one joystick and two buttons. I don't know that it works that way. I don't think it does. <laughs> I mean, I don't work on cabinet games, but... Yeah, I don't think seems you can like just it might like, be a... plug and play. Yeah, it seems like it might be a little more complicated than that. <laughs> I would think. But this game immediately kicks on. I have no idea how the fuck you play this game. Me either. It it's just a like... bunch of geom- geometric shapes, like spinning in circles. Yeah, it looks like some fucked up acid trip Space Invaders. It's like Space Invaders meets Asteroids sure, yeah. on acid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Oz immediately knows how to play. Yeah. And also, I have no idea what this game has to do with the rest of the story. Like, I would have thought that like what playing the game does that like the game itself would have more relevance, not just some weird random spaceship game. Fair point. (laughs) Yeah. But what do I know? 
Um, and so Oz and Tess start up a relationship. They get real close. She's as big a nerd as he is. They both just love video games and smoking weed and hanging out. Fucking. And fucking. And so Oz never really... I guess Jerry did tell him he was going out of town, didn't he? Is, oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I'm, I was going to say Oz never really questions where Jerry went, but then I, I just now remembered that Jerry told him he was going out of town for a while. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't catch that part. Because, yeah, the entire time I'm like, why isn't he wondering where Jerry is? Because I would. Yeah. But it's strange because he keeps going back to this arcade store at night mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know. He just goes to kind of hang out and I guess play video games or whatever. But so he starts playing this game and it starts kind of taking over his mind and he starts having these visions of him like finger banging the buttons. Yeah, this kind of turned into like a Cronenberg film. <laughs> this is very Cronenberg. Yeah. And yeah, like the buttons start like melting and he's just like... Mm, just finger fucking the buttons and... And like the joystick starts like melting around his hand. It just and, turns into like a marshmallow and he's like fondling it like it's a dick or something. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say titty, but you know. Sure. It's just bigger than like a nipple. Yeah. It's like the whole titty. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, do you do that with a boob? It's just... Just just grope it. Yeah, like that? And mush it in your fingers? You guys can't see what I'm doing, but... I'm sure I'm sure your girlfriend finds finds that to be a real turn on. Oh, she loves it. <laughs> she bruise all, bruises all over her tits. I'm sure she loves it. Um, and then they, they show the inner workings of the circuit board, and there's just like it, straight up it looks like jism. Yeah. Just dripping down onto the circuit board. I kind of because like when he's like like stroking and fondling this joystick and then finger fucking the buttons, like He's like starting to get this O face, like he's getting. Off. Oh yeah, and then that's when the dripping starts. So I just thought he just fucking spunked just, like, right in the machine into the machine. Yeah, like right into the coin opening <laughs> or something. Um, man, there's not a lot of story here. It's really not. It's just a lot of f- fucking this machine. Yeah, and puking. Yeah, for some reason. It yeah, and then. One day, him and Tess go back, and they're both stoned, and she's like, I want to play this game. And all of a sudden, Hobo Joe pops out, and he's like, fuck you, bitch! (laughs) He's like, you can't play that! (laughs) I wish that actually happened. Like, I wish it went exactly like that. (laughs) He literally jumped out and just yelled, fuck you, bitch! You can't play that. You just (laughs) fuck off! You can't sit with us. <laughs> I guess before that, he comes back one other time and he starts talking about the white eye of the game. Yeah. And he's like, it's just, it, you've seen it, haven't you? And, and just gets all weird and creepy and old Ralphie. And Oz is like, no. <laughs> he's like, I don't know you. You should leave. <laughs> but yeah, then he comes back and he tells, uh, Tells Tess that she can't play it. <laughs> Goes to Oz, like, you better check your woman here. <laughs> and so... Better talk to your bitch, man. <laughs> then he just leaves? Or do they leave? They just leave him there? I don't remember how the, that scene ends. Doesn't he? No, that's later. 
Was it later? Yeah. I don't remember. Gets a little repetitious towards yeah. the end. But so Oz starts just like having an affair with this machine and kind of forgetting about Tess. Yeah. Because he's busy just finger blasting this arcade and jizzing on its circuit board. <laughs> and so she kind of freaks out and, you know, gets real upset, goes to the bar, gets drunk on Tomcat, goes by the arcade, sees that the door's still open. So she goes in there and starts yelling for Oz and Hobo Joe comes out. Chaos ensues. She, she plays the game. Does she puke or does she just almost puke? I don't know. Doesn't matter. There were points during this where I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, and the the cinematography does some really weird things. Um, there's one scene where they're having sex and they start kind of turning into the circuit boards, but they're all like goopy and mushy and and bleh. biological and then like there's after she plays the game it does this thing where like the camera will like skip as she's walking to try and you know show that she's disoriented mm-hmm. and just weird <laughs> weird camera effects like that um and then eventually oz goes into the game the game just turns into this big blob and this claw thing comes out where the joystick is and grabs him by the arms and just yanks him into this video game world. Mm-hmm. And he finds Tess there, and she's all just goopy. Just covered in goop. Yep. Plastic goop. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy crawlers. Um, and then uh, he's got to save her. And then just weird, icky shit happens. That's about as far as I'm going to go. Yep. I mean, that's most of the movie. (laughs) Uh, I will say I hate, hate, hated the end. Yeah, it was very Dallas. Yep. I was wondering (laughs) if you were going to say that, if that was going to be too much of a giveaway. But yep, that's exactly what I thought, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was for for as weird and kind of dark as the rest of the movie was that was just a little too uh happy ending i guess yeah yeah like i said there's not a whole lot of story here it's 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 a very visual movie yeah and very cronenberg inspired it's uh but it's also just a a lot of just craziness yeah just kind of chaos yeah i mean the whole thing is kind of like once he starts uh playing the game and um and you know the game starts to kind of morph into this biological mushy thing um i forgot where i was going with that i got distracted (laughs) by my dog barking uh how did i start with that uh when he started playing the game and it turned into the thing fuck i forget why i was saying that Damn it. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, it, like, things just start to get really um, surreal. Yeah. And that's where it's very Cronenberg. It's just like, it's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like a body horror, but the body is a video game. Yeah. Because the circuit board keeps just turning into just mush and 
it's like globby and it's pulsating. It's a globster. It's a big globster. <laughs> Callback. Last episode. Is that last episode? Yes. All right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I don't know what else to talk about here. Me neither. I mean, just, you know, it was uh, it was shot well. I mean, like I said, very visual. Yeah. Um, the acting was good. I mean, like, it wasn't over the top like you may have been expecting. Um, it was just kind of right where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some, some of the casts were stronger than the other, than others. Um, but that's pretty much any movie, I guess. And one thing, like when they, when he gets pulled into the arcade machine, it's, it's not like completely out of nowhere. It's not like an insidious where it's like, all of a sudden we're going to this other place, into this magical realm. Mm-hmm. It's, it progresses to a point where that's believable. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, believable in the realm of this movie, not in real life. It's like when the, when they were explaining why he needed to do that, I kind of lost track of things. I'm just so when he when he actually did, I'm just like wait a minute, what's happening? <laughs> well, yeah, like the hobo is explaining stuff to him, but he's he's basically like talking in riddles, and it's just like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, dude. exactly. Um, but no, I mean as far as his directorial debut, I think uh, I'm gonna stop yawning while I try to talk. As far as his directorial debut, I think uh, Graham Skipper did a good job. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it's visually very, very appealing. Yeah, it, and it wasn't, uh, it didn't seem sophomoric or it, it, it didn't seem uh, you know unprofessional or like, like he didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. As, as a director, it seemed very professional, very well done. Um, did he write this? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the, the story itself was just... Um, strange like i mean and you know obviously that was the point but i felt like there were parts missing because a lot of it didn't make sense to me and you know there were there were parts of the movie where i I could feel like he was just trying to make it seem like kind of humanize his characters a little bit you know flesh them out as real people but it just kind of like for the purposes of the film itself, it seemed like it uh, kind of made things drag a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. What, what got <clears throat> to me it was it didn't seem <clears throat> like almost until the very end, it didn't seem like the game chose Oz. Like it was just kind of like this guy knows how to fix video games, so we're gonna give this to him. I mean, I guess, but like. There was some kind of <clears throat> revelation with the with the homeless guy that I just did not understand. Oh, I didn't either. It's like it made it seem like maybe Oz knew him or something. But well, yeah, because he Oz asked him, "Did you build this?" And he says, "We built this." Like, I don't remember building this. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's not. I don't feel like that's ever explained. If it was, I didn't catch it. But yeah, that got really confusing. And you know, there were a handful of parts that did. So like I can understand trying to be um you know poetic and um and uh metaphorical. But I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like it just they, they didn't hit, like I they didn't land and they didn't they didn't make sense mm-hmm. to me. 
But, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm a Philistine. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about this earlier that, you know, it's sometimes you can recognize that there's a metaphor there, but you just have no idea what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It's just like, I know this is supposed to mean something, but I feel like I'm missing some 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 tools here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like it felt like it was this internal clash with Oz, you know, and the, the end actually does, it does a, a specific scene that it plays out in two different ways. Like it plays out one and then it kind of backtracks and plays it out a different way, which was weird. And I didn't really understand. Yeah. But I mean, you know, uh, Chase Williamson did a good job as a lead. I think, um, I hadn't really, well, no, that's not true. He was pretty much the lead and John dies at the end. Um, but, uh, no, he he played his character well as kind of just like a, a solitary guy that doesn't really play well with the rest of the world and just mm-hmm. kind of keeps to himself. That he he played that character well. Um, I feel like it kind of he softened it a little too much when he started getting involved with Tess. But aside from that, it's like he, he did well. I mean, the girl that played Tess. I can't remember her name. Um, she uh, she did well. She was from Starry Eyes. Yeah. That's where I recognize her. And she's in a Redfin commercial. <laughs> That's also where I recognize her. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, just production-wise, it was done very well. Yeah. I, I really have no complaints from that aspect. And I, like, <clears throat> you know, I'm sitting here saying that there's not a lot of story, but that doesn't mean, like, it's not a bad story. And I'm not saying, you know, that while watching it, I was bored or anything. It was. It's just hard to express when I'm relaying it to someone else. Sure. For me, yeah, I, there was story there and there were parts where I either started kind of zoning out and stopped paying attention or I did just kind of get bored. Um, so I think for me, that's, that was the major thing with this. It was just the story itself lacked something. I mean, just just something to kind of keep me more engaged. Because there were there were parts that just seemed really slow and kind of inconsequential. Yeah, and I don't think the movie was all that long to begin with. It wasn't. It was eighty one minutes. Yeah, so it's like you know you start cutting stuff out to kind of speed things along, and then you're you're down to basically a short film. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's more or less just this progression of him and this machine becoming one, essentially. Yeah. And I don't know if there's there's some some metaphor there or some something some kind of allegory. Reliance on technology, maybe. Yeah, I just, which would be interesting to do with '80s technology, but sure. Um, but it just kind of went over my head. You know, if if you watch it and you get it, then bully for you. But I just it it was just not hitting with me. I don't. The effects are great, though. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably where a lot of their budget went. Yeah, um, I mean not. Like again, not to say the production value was poor. It's just it seemed like for what was what I'm sure was a low budget film. It seemed like a a lot of um, work was done with the, uh, the special effects, mm-hmm. except for there's a melting head scene that was just it's like uh, it just, seemed like they tried to do that really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe just skip that part. Yeah, <laughs> unless you can do it right. <laughs> not even sure why that was in there, anyways. I don't know what the point of it was. Just a head trip or something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, just it's a lot of Cronenberg-like chaos. 
It's a, uh, it's, yeah. you know, reminiscent of like Videodrome. Yeah, that's that's what I thought of, like Videodrome. And I got a lot of like Stuart Gordon too, like Reanimator and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stuart Gordon, Brian Usna, that, that type of stuff from beyond. Sure. Like, like yeah. a lot of Lovecraft inspired stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of where I felt that Skipper was probably coming from. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know for sure, but that's kind of what I assume. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I don't know how eager I would be to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. But I thought it was good while I watched it. Um, like I said, it's it's visually just absolutely in, uh, well, not in, incredible. Might be a little much, but it's visually very appealing. Um, it's got a real '80s theme to it. It does. It's I like movies that are like throwbacks, but they don't take place in the '80s. I feel like just like um, there's like this LA crew of young directors and just you know actors that all just kind of are click or like a like a click together, and this is definitely one of them. Because I mean, you see a lot of the actors show up in the same movies, and yeah. like you could tell that it's being shot in LA because there aren't a lot of outside scenes because <laughs> you know there's no way they can these independent low budget films can get uh can get the uh, clearance to or they can pay for like location shots and stuff. yeah it's all inside buildings or you know in front of somebody's front yard or something like that right yeah i mean the only locations are the the arcade store the bar uh oz's house tess's and tess's house that's pretty much it yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they go there. There's one point where they're having lunch on a rooftop, and that easily could have been the same building they're shooting the arcade in. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and that's really their only like outside shot. Yeah, other than it's just like them walking to and from places. Yeah. So, that's pretty indicative of these movies that are being shot in LA. Yeah. Nowadays, anyway. Now, you think of something like Terminator 2, where you could see like all these like iconic spots, well, not say iconic, but. Like places in LA that you recognize, it's like you can't afford it unless you're like doing a big budget film. You can't afford to do that shit anymore. Right. But I don't know how they did it in Birdemic too. Unless it's just like oh, they they just did it. Yeah, just gorilla shit. Yeah, they absolutely just did gorilla <laughs> shit. <laughs> anyway, final thoughts. Um. Yeah. Overall, production value was really good. Um. It's kind of more than I'd expect from a from a low budget indie film. Um, the only, I mean, the acting was good. Uh, the only thing that was really lacking for me was the story. It was just kind of thin and didn't really hold my interest all that much. And, yeah. you know, maybe that's just experience for, you know, as far as Graham Skipper. I mean, maybe he just needs to, you know, try again, you know, maybe even try again after that, just to kind of find his groove and really find out how to flush out a, a full story, you know? Sure. Or flesh out, not flesh out. <laughs> All right, so number. Um, I'll do five. I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Good. Yeah. Are you going to justify that at all? Or? <laughs> I think, I mean, the the effects are great. And like I said, the I I liked the, the things they did, like when he was drunk, you know, and the camera would kind of weave around to try and give you that feeling mm-hmm. you know the disorientation and there's just little subtle things like that that i appreciated and um yeah 
I th- I, you know, I agree with you that the the story could have used more, but I think that, uh, um, yeah, what was there was good. I just hated the end. Sure. All right. Uh, this is a Shutter exclusive, so if you have Shutter, yeah, currently, which is currently exclusively on Shutter. Was it Shutter's what like five bucks a month? It's it is five bucks a month. Yes. Yeah, so it's yeah. You know, I mean, for for the movies they have available, along with a lot of exclusives they're doing lately, um, it's I I think it's definitely worth the the five bucks, especially because it's easy because you can if you have um, um, Amazon Video or you know Prime Video or whatever it's, they're calling it now, um, you can just pay for a Shutter channel, and you can watch it on your TV, um, or if I think if it, I think they have a shutter channel on like Roku or something. I mean, I just use the app and cast it to my Chromecast. Or that, yeah. Um, doesn't work with Apple TV. Oh, really? I don't think so. I, I think I tried once, but and I haven't tried again. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely check out. Uh, I think check out Shutter. I think you can get like a free month or a free I week or so. something. So yeah, go check it out. Anyway, uh, so the next movie we're going to be talking about is one, uh, I think it's been out for a while, but it's just recently gotten released. Hmm. One of those. Hmm? One of those. Right. Uh, It is called Feral. How you doing, city girl? Say nothing, country girl. I'm really glad you came. Me too. So how did you two meet, anyway? At the rabbit hole. So what were you doing on that dog? <laughs> Looking for cheap sex. And I found it. <laughs> it looks like it got attacked by a wild animal. When it comes back. Somebody needs to hike back and get some help. Nearest human being, 50 miles away. Sun setting. They will be back. They all will. If you don't understand what's coming, you have no idea. I'm scared. Me too. I don't want to die. It lies dormant in the daytime, but at night, the virus wakes. Could this get any worse? You haven't seen worse yet. But it's coming. You gotta put a bullet in her head. She's our friend. Our friend is about to rip us apart. You should listen to me. I don't trust you. Back off. Got this? I got this. Go. They're gonna return. You're gonna die. All right, so this is the story of Pharaoh Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I see what he did there. Uh, this <laughs> yeah, that famous song that he made. <laughs> I don't know the words. Um, yeah, so Feral or Feral, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it. <laughs> um, it uh, is a 2000. It's listed as a 2017 movie, but it just came out. Like like as far as VOD and stuff, it just it just came out. I think earlier this month or maybe last month. 
Um, it's got a uh, semi-familiar cast of, um, of of young talent, uh, headed up by Scout Taylor Compton, of course, from the Halloween remakes and and uh, what else has she been in? Um, she was in Get the Girl. Uh, why are those the only two things I can think of? She's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flight 7500. Oh, that. Oh, what the hell that is. The Runaways. She was in The Runaways, apparently. Uh, the remake of April Fool's Day. <laughs> All right, whatever. You know who Scout, Scout Taylor Compton is. Um, and also uh, Olivia Lucardi, who was in um, uh, It Follows. And also, apparently she's in um, uh, Orange is the New Black, but I can't place her in that. This was uh, Scott Taylor Compton's girlfriend? Yes. Okay. Uh, also Renee Olstead um, and uh, Lou Temple from Walking Dead and other things. <laughs> he always gets credit as being from The Walking Dead, but seriously, he was in like, what, five episodes? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, this focuses on mainly Alice, played by Scout Taylor Compton, who has come out to uh, the woods for a camping trip and, like, just deep in the woods. Like, not so going deep. <laughs> so deep. Um, in the deepest, darkest woods. Um, uh, it's her and her, girl, her new girlfriend, Jules, um, and was like four other friends. Yeah, there was three couples. Three couples, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, they all go out because they're they're all in medical school. Or, I think they all just graduated medical school. Is it, they gra- okay. They all just graduated medical school. Medical school then, and um, they're just kind of you know taking some time away from everything and going on a camping trip. Um. And uh, yeah, and there's it seems like there's a lot of animosity. Which you don't really pick up on it at first. Everything seems all kind of happy-go-lucky and copacetic. Uh, but then you start to peel away the, the layers and you find out that Alice didn't used to be a lesbian. <laughs> or at least she wasn't out. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and uh, it kind of got the impression that maybe her and Jesse were a thing at one point. Either they were or he wanted them to be. Yeah. Because it was like he definitely he, has a thing for her. Yeah, he was he was really upset by the fact that he, she was with a, a another woman now, um, and he's just kind of like, "What the fuck is this?" It's like she, you know, she's always into guys, and now now she's a lesbian, um, which you know that happens. It's like people sometimes take a while to figure out who they are. Yeah. Um, and uh, but he's just really yeah. Been maybe a, you were the phase, homeboy. Yeah. Uh, he he looks like a phase. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, this obviously doesn't sit well with his girlfriend, Gina, um, who seems, Damn, Gina. <laughs> uh, seems like they're a fairly new thing too. Like maybe they haven't been together all that long and it seems like he kind of resents her a little bit or vice versa. Um, cause you know, there's a big blow up around the fire. Um, if I forget what prompts it. Like, I think, uh, oh, the one girl tells Jesse's girlfriend is she's making fun of her for wearing fur and it's, it's a complete overreaction. Right. Yeah. She's just, yeah. Uh, Jules is, yeah. Throwing, God, I can't remember the names. Gina shit. 
about wearing a fur jacket or fur coat. And um, because they're talking about the animals in the woods and she's like, maybe they want their skin back. Yeah. It's just throwing her shit. You know, maybe just trying to, because you know, she she doesn't know these people. Yeah, I think this is the first time they're meeting all, or she's meeting all of them, right? I'm not sure. Um, and uh, yeah, it seemed like a fairly innocuous comment. Yeah, and she just gets all bent out of shape about it and storms off. And Jesse's just like telling uh, Alice, "It's like, yo, your your girlfriend's a real, or your your new friend, I think, says, uh, is she's a real piece of work, piece of work, or is that what he says? I don't know." Basically says, you know, she's got a big, oh, she said she's got a big mouth. That's, that's it. Yep. Um, and uh, he goes storming off too. And later on in their tent, you know, she's like uh, trying to apologize for the way she reacted. And he's like, you said, you told me that you wouldn't, uh, you know, make a big deal out of things this weekend or, you know, you wouldn't embarrass me. Um, so you kind of detect that he's just kind of like just an asshole in general. Yeah. Um. And, uh, you know, she's really apologetic, so clearly she's, like, a basically subservient to him. Um, and then elsewhere, in another tent, we've got, um, was it Matt and Brienne? Bree, yeah. Um, who uh, are, you know, they seem like the basically the happiest couple of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're just in their tent, and uh, Matt just has just proposed to to Brie in their tent um and so they're just you know really happy and i think does matt go out to take a piss or something because he leaves the tent but i can't remember why yeah i don't remember either but okay well for whatever reason he leaves the tent and um you know he's hears something off in the woods I mean, okay, this is a horror movie, so you know that people proposing is never ends well. Yeah, it means you're going to die soon. I don't think I've ever seen someone propose in a horror movie, and then at the end, they're married. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Otherwise, it's not a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could go through a horrific ordeal and then make it out the other side, but that never happens. Sure. Uh, anyway, so Matt goes off, and you know he hears some kind of like animal sound, like, some rustling and like some growling. Off in the woods, and he, you know, like a dumb shit, tries to go investigate instead of saying, um, I'm going to go somewhere go else. back inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so, okay, so he, he goes to, like, kind of, like, try and snoop out what's making this noise, and out of the woods you see this, uh, you know, this thing walking on all fours, but it's clearly a human. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of come skittering out of the out of the brush. And that's when Matt's just like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to go now. But the thing chases him down and, uh, and just starts taking bites out of him. Starts pulling out his intestines. Rips and guts out, yeah. So Matt's dead. <laughs> um and uh, you know he, they they hear the screams and they hear the the, the growling of this creature. And this thing is all. If you've seen like Blade Two, that's kind of what this thing looks like: it's just pale yeah. skin, bald head, but like like deformed face, um, and just you know ratty clothing. Or like maybe from Dust Till Dawn. A little bit. Sure. Um. 
Yeah, so I think oh, fuck, I, I'm, I'm missing a chunk here. What what happens right after that? Uh, Bree goes out to find him. Right, and she gets attacked. Yeah, but she doesn't get mauled. She just kind of gets her face scratched. Yeah, like maybe it's like, like something happens to her eye, I think. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and so the rest of the gang, you know, like they're all doctors, so they're kind of, you know, on the ball with how to treat a treat an injury so they're trying to do the best they can with you know limited supplies matt was the dick doctor so if anybody <laughs> gets their dick hurt now they're out of luck yeah they all have different specialties so it kind of seemed a little f- fake <laughs> it's like how are they all friends yeah like i get they all went to the same med school but they all have different specialties they all go to different departments it's like they want to like have a sitcom or something <laughs> but you know, I mean, too one, many docs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Matt is a urologist. Uh, Alice is an epidemiologist. Um, oh, I don't remember all of them. Yeah, but yeah, they all have bit different specialties. One of them was a the um, Jesse's girlfriend was a podiatrist, right? Or pe- yeah, pediatrics is that podiatrist? pediatrics is children i know but is it is a podiatrist pediatrics no podiatrist is feet oh what do you call someone who's in pediatrics a pediatricist pediatrician okay that's <laughs> that's what she was then okay um yeah and you know people ask why alice went into epidemiology and she says i just i'd like the idea of being the first one there to to kind of discover things and figure out why things are and because an epidemiologist is one who um, researches diseases at their source, you know, finds out why they happen, how they mutate, and just kind of tries to. She, she basically describes them as like the detectives of the medical field, um, which is you know more or less true. Anyway, uh, so Bree's been attacked. They're trying to um, tend to her wounds, um, and then does uh, Talbot played by Lou Temple. Does he show up at night or is it the next no, morning? No, next morning. Okay, so. Uh, what's her name? Alice. Just, she wakes up and they're, the other, the rest of the crew is already talking to him. Right, okay. So he just kind of wandered um, along their campsite. Yeah, and so you're, you're kind of instantly suspicious of him just because of how he's acting. Yeah, he's very off-putting. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I got a, I got a cabin not too far from here. I got some medical supplies and just like, no one ever gets raped there. <laughs> Why would um, he say that? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, but that instills confidence. <laughs> I definitely don't think I'm going to get raped now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they uh, follow him back to their, to his cabin and, you know, they go, they, so they, they make a stretcher for um, Bree but they go looking for Matt's body, and it's not there. Um, and they're just like, you know, Alice is like, he, I swear he was right here. I don't know what happened. It's like, I mean, did it, maybe an animal carry him off? And you know, and uh, Talbot says you know, a bear would have just left the carcass and, and come back when it wants to feed rather than carry it away. Um, and he says like a you know a mountain cat would have maybe tried but not gotten very far. And... Uh, and she's like, well, he didn't just get up and walk away. 
But as the audience, you know that's exactly what happened because you saw it happen. <laughs> Did you? Well, you saw his eyes open and him sit up, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I, that was him. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so they get back to the cabin and, you know, things start going a little nutty. There are these creatures running around in the woods um, and you find that... Um, Oh, Jesse's been attacked too. Well, or does that happen at the cabin? God, I can't even remember the the sequence of events. Jesse and Alice's girlfriend. Olivia? No, it's her real name. Um, Jules. Jules. They go. They're going to the car. They're going to go get the cars, and he steps in a bear That's trap. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and she goes. They they get in a fight over Alice, mm-hmm. and she like shoves him, and he falls into a bear trap. Yeah. He. Yeah. She's like he. he She's gay, dude. You need to get over yourself. And then he drops the D word, and uh, that's when she pushes him. <laughs> you just don't call a lesbian that. No, it's a no, no. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, he falls back into the bear trap, and she runs back to the cabin to get help, and just basically has to leave him there. But that's when I think it's Jesse, or no, sorry, Matt comes and attacks him. And at this point, Matt. Basically looks like the creature that attacked him. He's lost all his hair, his, his pale, pale skin, his face is uh, deformed, um, become very animalistic looking. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got these yellow Glowing eyes. Yellow like eyes, a, yeah. Like a wolf or something. No, like the end of the thriller video. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, back at the cabin, uh, Jules comes in and says, you know, he basically explains the situation. They go looking for him again and come back and he's already been attacked and, you know, he's dead. Um, so they carry his body back and that's when, or no, he's not dead. He's, yeah, he's, he's got a very, she says he's, he's not breathing, but he has a very faint pulse. Yeah. Which as a doctor, you'd think would be a little more upsetting to her. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, that's not something that happens. And you would think she would like, give him CPR right there or something if he's not breathing? One would think. Um, but instead, they just carry him back on the stretcher and his girlfriend, Gina, um, you know, she reacts like like you would. And they bring him inside and they're trying to tend to him. And I think this is kind of where, um, kind of keep forgetting his name, Talbot, Talbot. starts uh, kind of revealing what's going on. Because mm-hmm. the movie starts out... Uh, with a woman strapped to like a cot and she's just screaming her head off. And yeah. They get into it real out. quick. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I thought it was Scout Taylor Compton at first. So did I. Um, just, her face looked like her, at least from what I could see. Uh, but she's, yeah, she's handcuffed to the bed and she's thrashing around and screaming and uh, this shadowy figure raises a gun and shoots her. Um and so you find out that that was actually Talbot, and that was his wife, because they came up to this cabin uh, as a family with him, his wife, their son, his wife, and their daughter. Um, and so his son went out into the woods, and something bit him. Talbot wasn't there, so he doesn't know what it was. So, um, But over time, he kind of became more disoriented. He started kind of fading away, and then he died. But then the body reanimated, 
and he started he first he ripped his wife to pieces and then killed his daughter then went after his mom you know Talbot's wife um and and then just ran off into the woods so Talbot then restrained his wife and started just kind of keeping her there trying to research her and, f- and figure out what was going on and finding it try to find out a way to cure it now he never says that he's like a doctor or anything no so i don't know what exactly he plans to do because <laughs> it's like if you or i were to attempt to research a disease i don't think we'd get very I don't far even, i don't even know what to look for yeah it's like i take some blood and put it underneath a microscope and be like hmm, hmm gross yeah <laughs> hmm that's blood. <laughs> Is it like a weird color or anything? Huh? Just just red. <laughs> I'm out of ideas. <laughs> um, even if it was a weird color, I'd be like, oh, that's that's gotta be something. It's weird. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, he's just kind of telling this story about how he was trying to research it, but eventually he just oh. He had his son, Ben, restrained just like his wife, but then his son escaped somehow. Yeah. And that's who bit Matt, or ate Matt, basically. <laughs> um, And so, yeah, that's when we kind of find out that these things are basically just like rabid zombies, essentially. Um, he says it has a lot to do, or the, the, the disease, disease itself has a lot uh, similar to rabies. He says it's like rabies, but much worse. Um, which I feel like that's a common thing in in zombie films. Yeah, um, I think probably Twenty Eight Days Later kind of started that trend. Yeah, probably. Um, and uh, yeah, so just kind of just a a game about who's going to get picked off next because there's you know these things are fast they're strong and you know they're deadly and you know all they have really to defend themselves is a shotgun or a rifle with unlimited ammo. yeah never never ran out of bullets <laughs> like i don't know rifles but i can't imagine they hold more than like six i would think six is probably the max and maybe they reload but they never show it if they do yeah and it's like you know that kind of thing as a filmmaker you may think it's just tenuous just like why do we need to show them reloading the gun it's like to add believability. Yeah. Because if you just see somebody that's just unloading these countless shells from a, from a rifle, it's going to look fake. Mm-hmm. Even if somebody doesn't like outwardly think so subconsciously or say, why haven't they reloaded that gun yet? And like, it's like you have to show them like sit there and, you know, cock back the gun and put each individual shell. You can show them open the gun and put in one shell and then cut to something else. Cut back now that things fully loaded. Sure. Just to show that they are conscious of the fact that guns run out of bullets. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and so just you know, kind of one by one, people start getting getting dead, mm-hmm. and you know they've got Matt who's been injured, and they've got Bree who's sorry, uh, Jesse and Bree who've both been injured, and you know as they start to discover that these people. The virus spreads through a scratch or a bite. Yeah, and you know it's it's starting to spread, especially through through Brie, who lasts a really long time. Maybe yeah, that's just because her her injuries were less extreme. Could be, but she lasted for almost the entire movie. Um, and uh, yeah, just everyone kind of slowly starts to die. Yep. 
And, uh, I mean, without starting to dig into spoilers, I think that's pretty much the movie. Yeah. So, thoughts? It's good. Yeah? It's, uh, it's kind of like if someone went, what if we made Wrong Turn with zombies? Yeah. I definitely got that. But it's also very tropey. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. There's a lot of tropes in this. Like the the unlimited ammo, the cabin in the woods, you know, campers, uh, the bear trap is a little tropey. Um, but, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's nothing groundbreaking, that's for sure. Yeah. But it's, it, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I just, like, you I mean, the cast was good. I've always thought that Scout Taylor Compton was kind of a ham, but she actually did all right in this one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that was just due to the, uh, the situation, you know, a situational thing where it's kind of, everything's amped up. Yeah. Everything's amped up. It's kind of normal to overreact. Maybe that was just, that played well to her acting style. <laughs> Could be. Um, but everybody seemed to do well. Lou Temple was really good. He played a good, um, he was a creep, creep and, you know, villain to an extent, uh, foil, if you will. There you go. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, the rest of the cast, uh, was good. I think, uh, the guy that played Jesse was a little too much. Like he was playing that jock asshole thing, like playing it up a little too much. Yeah. Like to an unbelievable level, like, like an eighties, eighties teen movie jock. Like that's kind of the role he was playing rather than a believable one. Sure. But everyone else seemed to do all right. Um, Story-wise, like you said, it was a lot of tropes uh, and a lot of um, a lot of things that were kind of expected. Like you kind of saw a lot of a lot of it coming. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe it was somebody that has watched fewer horror movies than me. The whole thing with the cellar reminded me a lot of Evil Dead too. Yeah, yeah, and like it, it was once you get to. Um, in what? fact, it was like they found it and they opened it. And uh, <laughs> once they went downstairs, I was just in my head like, who's in my food cellar? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing about going to a cabin in the woods. You're just ultimately going you're, to be, oh, You're opening all those doors. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're inevitably going to be like every other cabin in the wood movie. They also, they kept doing this thing where they would show the outside of the house and every time it would pan like either from above or from the left and it would pan from the other different directions, but it would always kind of end on this ax that was in front of the house. And I'm like, well, somebody's getting that ax. Nope. No. Ax just stayed right there. I was like, why do you keep focusing on this fucking ax? Yeah. I mean, they, they have the, sh- the, the rifle and then they manage to find a baseball bat, but at no point does anyone even think to pick up that ax. Yeah. I don't understand why they kept showing it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a red herring. That's, yeah, it seemed like. Um, some of the dialogue was a little meh. The whole thing about like her parents being, or her dad was a hunter, and she wanted to be a hunter just like her dad until she shot the rabbit, and then she felt bad. And I, yeah. I could have done without that. And at one point, she actually says, I'm a doctor. I heal people. <laughs> because, Damn it, Jim. Because it's uh, Jules, I think, right? That's telling her she has to kill someone or that she should shoot someone. And she's like, I'm a doctor. I don't kill people. I heal people. Damn it, Jim. (laughs) Yep. Um, And that part at the beginning where they're all all sitting around the campfire, just kind of listing off what specialty they're in. 
just because somebody who's new to the group is like, okay, what do, what do you do? Yeah. It's just like, oh, come on. I mean, it doesn't matter. We don't care. That's the thing. I thought I was like, okay, well, this is clearly going to become a thing where it's someone's going to need this doctor and someone else is going to need this doctor and someone else is going to need this doctor. Yeah. But no, they all just get picked off before they, any of that gets to happen. But they're all MDs. They all have a basic medical knowledge. Yeah. Well, I mean, not even necessarily basic. They all have the same medical knowledge and just some of them have specialties in other or more knowledge in other areas. Gina falls apart though. She does. She's, she cracks like right away. Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> um, but yeah, when they're like, I think it's Gina that says, well, what's, what, what do you do? And just like, they start going down the line saying what specialty they are. It's like, what is this? Yeah. This is, I don't care. This is 100% for the audience. Yeah. But that's the thing. But, like, but it doesn't have a purpose. Yeah. I don't care what specialty they are. So why even put this in the movie? Yeah, like I said, I, I thought it was going to come into play that each one of these individual specialties is going to be needed at some point. Yeah. But it never does. Yeah. It's just like unnecessary dialogue. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't, they could all just be like fucking trauma doctors working in a ICU or an e, like, like ER, like fucking scrubs or something. Yeah. Like, I don't care. They could all just be fucking. You could just tell me they're all doctors. I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, just th- that's that's when I feel like a lot of writers uh, don't know when they get to, a little too to clever. Dial it back. Yeah, it's like you're adding too much detail to a point where it's not believable. Yeah. Um, then there's a fine line between writing dialogue that's believable, like you know, you want to write like people talk. You know, when you, when you get a little, when you start writing, uh, you know, where, where you don't like contract words or, you know, you, you don't, um, you say people look pensive, right? <laughs> that kind of shit. That's what it starts to seem fake. But on the other end of the spectrum, when you, uh, start adding in too much, just small talk, then that's, that also seems fake because mm-hmm. just people don't do that. Yeah. It's not natural to the conversation. So, um, yeah. One thing I, I feel like I need to point out when Brie gets attacked, they put like an eye patch, you know, like a Mickey Mouse eye patch yeah. over her face. And, you know, whenever someone turns, their eyes pop open because, you know, that's a zombie trope. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, the glowing thriller eyes. The scene where her eye pops open, the eye patch is on the other eye. Was it really? Yep. I didn't catch that. I noticed it right away. And then my I was going, is that the other eye? Like, I'm pretty sure that's the wrong eye. And then they show her again, and it's on the back on the other eye. So I was like, I was right. <laughs> Are you sure you're not mixing up her and Gina? Because Gina got her eye fucked up. No, too. it was Brie. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, I didn't catch I that. I don't know if it was like a continuity thing that they missed, or if they like had to flip the film. It could be. Could be either one. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, just working on They Reach and seeing how adamant they, like, just even a low-budget independent film, seeing how adamant they were about continuity. Yeah. It's like you'd think that would be a little more... You would think. On on point with it. Maybe they won't notice. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I, think, I can't really think of anything else to talk about. The effects were good. They were. You know, you had some some decent kill scenes. You had 
Matt getting his intestines ripped out. Uh, Jesse got his throat slashed. Yeah. And the creatures themselves, um, they don't ever get a real good look at him. Well, I guess you do towards the end. Yeah. Like when, um, when Jesse finally turns and he's like crouched up there on the dresser, which was weird. <laughs> like the, the whole idea, you know, the name of the movie is feral. So you're supposed to take it that these things are basically like feral, rabid, wild animals. Talbot keeps referring to them as ferals. Yeah. Like. Which I thought was kind of. A little, little hokey. Yeah. Um, and he kept saying like, uh, you know, when the disease takes them, that they become feral. Yeah. Like, you don't become feral. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're you're born and and you, you like you you, you never get you, de- domestic. Yeah, you evolve into being feral. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, I guess you could after long enough, but regardless. Um. Yeah. But yeah, the creatures looked good all in all. Like I, I liked how they're. I, I don't know why, but they kind of they lost their teeth, um, and their hair. How do they bite people with no teeth? Well, they had teeth, but it seemed like they lost their regular teeth and got these like. I don't know. It looked like they had like two layers of teeth or something, like a shark's. <laughs> um, I didn't notice. Yeah, I don't really know what the point was, because they just kind of looked like. For ripping in a Terran? <laughs> sure. I mean, they just look like blunted, fucked up redneck teeth. Like something you'd see in like Wrong Turn. <laughs> so I don't know why they would just lose their teeth. Um, similarly, I don't know why they lost their hair, but it looked cool, especially like when they just had like these strands left. Yeah. It was a good effect. <sighs> anyway. Um, anything else to add? I don't think so. Okay. Like I said, it's, you know, it's, it's tropey and it's familiar. It's maybe a little derivative at times, but it's still pretty good. They're not going to put that on a poster, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could have been better. Sure. But I mean, it definitely could have been worse and it, it, it wasn't. So, um, it was done. It doesn't sound necessarily um, complimentary, but it was done competently. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it just the only thing I wish it just wasn't so predictable at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know me being, or you know, either of us being so in engorged, not engorged, engorged. <laughs> we are not engorged <laughs> in the same room yet. <laughs> um, just being so. Uh, entrenched in horror um that you know we are, we kind of see it all coming from, right. from most angles but um i think that the predictability could have been a little better yeah than it was but whatever um i think i'll do it a six i'm thinking seven okay it's like in that seven today huh Lucky, lucky seven. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, Feral is available on uh, VOD platforms, wherever VOD platforms are found. <laughs> yep. Um, I think it might be in theaters somewhere. Oh, really? I, I think. I don't know for sure. Uh, nowhere near us. Um, cool. So I guess that's going to do it. That's the show, guys. 
Ja, ist sicher. Ja, ist sicher. Ähm, neat. Ja, fun? Ja. Because that's what we like to do. We like to bring the fun. We like to have fun. <laughs> we bring the funny. Do we? Where do we put it? In our butts. Wait, isn't that TBS's slogan? Isn't we know funny? Or no. That's we we know drama. That's TBS. Or I don't know. One of those Turner channels. We Peacock Peacock. <laughs> what? That's NBC's. Oh. <laughs> Never heard that one. <laughs> Wait, is it 30 Rock? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, cool. So, uh, we're going to be back again in a couple weeks with a brand new episode. Taylor, what are we going to be talking about on that one? Uh, we're going to talk about Hereditary, which I'm real excited about. Me too. Uh, as well as The Cleanse with one Johnny Galecki. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> why not? Because <laughs> why not? Mr. Big Bang Theory himself. Um, that should be fun. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to Hereditary. Me too. I was really apprehensive when I heard that it had anything to do with the witch. Um, but the trailer looks just so damn good. Yeah. And I really like, uh, um, Gabriel Byrne and, um, Tony Colletti. Thank you. Yep. I just, I, I hope that I don't get annoyed by that little girl just going. Yeah. Cause it already bugs me. <laughs> just the few times that she does it in the trailer. It's like, stop, stop. <laughs> I want to grab her face. Stop. <laughs> okay. Um, so, in the meantime, where can they find us, Taylor? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll send you a free magnet. Follow us on Twitter as grave underscore plot or on Instagram and Facebook as graveplotpodcast. And make sure to check out our new Facebook group, The Graveyard. Brought and to you by The Grave Plot. Brought to you by patreon.com <laughs> slash graveplotpodcast. Uh, get exclusive content for as little as $1 a month. Yep. And uh, have fun with all that. We're all over the place. We're in your minds. Yep. In your mind's eye. Yep. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Let's get out of here. All right. We're going to catch you guys next time. So, uh, yeah, this is better. This is really bad. We're going to be back with our with episode 112 in a couple weeks, guys. Uh, till then, I am Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, and thank God it's over. But here, we are all a little dead inside.
Say 